Uh, welcome to this week's podcast. I am your host, Coach Tadris, and I haven't done a podcast on my own in several weeks. We've been bringing you guests that has been bringing it, and today, this week, is no different. We have Dr. Greif from Vintner Wellness bringing us this topic this week, and I can't wait to sink our teeth into it with you guys. He wants to talk about health versus fitness versus wellness. And he said that he wants to cover the what, where, when, why, and how of weight loss. I can't wait to bring you into this conversation. Following up last week's podcast on non-scale victories, boy, I'm telling you, we're bringing it right now. And so I'm excited You could be listening to anything in the world right now, your favorite hip-hop channel, your jazz, your country. You could be listening to some music. You could be listening to some other type of personal development, but you decide to press play on this podcast, and for that, I thank you. I'm grateful for that. It's continuing to spread. We ask that you please share this with your family, friends. There's people out there. The Running, Intermittent Fasting, and Weight Loss Podcast is designed to motivate you to know that if someone else can do it, you can do it. You can pick up running at the age of 60 if you like, you know. You can stop on the merry-go-round of trying different things for weight loss and bring it back to simple tactics, strategic planning. And that's what I teach. Easy ways for you to strip it down, let's not make it complicated, And let's start getting you back on the road to good health with some simple strategic planning. Okay, and so you can head over to run to the best you dot com and take me up on a seven day challenge. We're not selling, you no nutritional products that that's going to cost you an arm and leg. The seven day challenge, all the details is on there about eliminating six problematic food groups to help take out the bloating, to help you to, to regain your energy without mental fatigue and the, the list goes on and on. You can go back and listen to some of our episodes with Chris Ballard, for example, how she eliminated, you know, grains for starting off with seven days. But then she extended it, extended it to 30 days and just felt amazing. And she also was able to tell when she reintroduced grains, what kind of effect that it had on her body. So, go, guys, go back and listen to that episode. Um, it's, it's an amazing one with Chris Ballard. And so uh, we want to ask you, how was your week? Let's go into the week that was. How was your week? What were some things that went well with you from last week? Has any of the tips from our previous podcast enhanced your life at all? We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear some of your successes that you have been gaining. And so please feel free to connect with me, Tadris Parker, T-A-D-R-I-S, on Facebook and private message me. Guys, I'm available. I would love to hear from you. Or you can send your questions and comments to coachtadris at gmail.com. If you are an Apple podcast listener, that's how you digest the show. Please, please, please rate our podcast. Give us a three. Give us a two. If you don't like it, put Put why you don't like it so I can get some some feedback from you guys. Love to hear some feedback. Go on there. If you love it, hit four or five stars. That way we can get found a lot faster. 
I would love to be ranked number one in the health industry. Okay, I'm not just making this podcast for fun. I'm trying to bring it for you guys. Okay, so please go on the Apple Podcast, rate, give us a four or five star, whatever it is, and rate it and and, uh, leave a review. And that way it would really touch me. I would love to wake up in the morning, press that Apple podcast thing and see if there's some new uh, reviews on there. That would be absolutely amazing. And we thank you so much. And so with us in today's podcast, I forgot to mention this earlier, but at the end of the today's show, we're going to take you to the Trail of Two Cities, November 2nd, 2019. We did the Trail of Two Cities, taking us from Ocean City, New Jersey to Summers Point. It's a 5K race, but the inclines on this 5K is the hardest in New Jersey, no doubt about it. Unless you go to Pennsylvania and run in the Pocono Mountains, you won't find another race that has these types of hills. It's over a bridge. That's why it's called the Trail of Two Cities. But the bridge is massive and it has two different inclines. One is super long and high. And then you have some flat ground, but that even has some uh, inclines to that. And then once you get over to the Summers Point side of the bridge, it's like going up a Six Flags roller coaster. You're just it takes forever to get it's so high. And then the decline, you know, honestly, guys, running downhill sometimes is harder than running uphill. Yes, I'm going to say that because we really have to make sure that you're having proper footing as you're going downhill and you want to make sure that you're not going too fast down the hill because once you get back on flat surface, you may have been going so fast downhill that it takes you out. And on this particular race, we still have almost another mile to go before you get to the finish line. So we had mothers there. We had one mother, Meredith, pushing a stroller. We had some individuals that can barely run for 15 seconds once upon a time, actually you know, did their run-walk-run ratio and did the best 5K uh, uh, to date. You know, we had such a massive group. We had a, a member just show up out of nowhere. Okay. I met him at the Atlantic City Marathon Series and he, he shows up. He wants to join the group. And the first time we see him at a training was actually on race day. So it wasn't even a training. He just shows up and was like, wow, I didn't realize how big this bridge is. But he signed up. He was a part of our group. And he used our team as motivation. He kept seeing the shirts that we, we wore special shirts and it was such a great time. We had such an amazing time on that Saturday and we're going to, we interviewed many of those members that were there that day before the race. And we actually caught up with them after the race to get their, their emotions of how I felt to cross that bridge. So this particular week, that we're going to give you that information, right? But the week that was for us is that we just started a eight-week 5K training course called Run to the New Year. Why wait until January 1st to set up your, your health goals and your health results? You can start getting some right now. Just like Nicole Rowe and Kristen had joined the group and in 30 days between the two of them lost just about 30 pounds, like 29 pounds and some change, right? And so they didn't wait until January 1st. So our eight-week program, Run to the New Year, is designed to help people run their first 5K on January 1st. There's a race in January 1st in Ocean City that I'm excited to get them started and get ready for. Okay, so what kind of results can you achieve 
between now and January 1st. And guess what? Just because you may not live in New Jersey and can join our local group, you can always go online and sign up to be a uh, online participant. We have a tier called um, on our website, runtothebestyou.com. You have the bronze accountability group, those that's looking for nutritional support and help with their weight loss goals and the community is just so thriving right now, helping and so supportive. Okay. Then we have our silver program, which is our online community, such as Danielle Selassy, who is, we're going to have her on a podcast soon. She is uh, a client from Minnesota. We helped her run the Chicago marathon, did fantastic. And all of our crew was just like tethered to the app, checking in on her as she was crossing each mile. She did the whole Chicago marathon, amazing job. And so you can sign up to our silver program. So if you would like to run your first 5K on January 1st, join us virtually by means of of, of heading to runtothebestyou.com and signing up for the online. And then our local participants can sign up for the gold program, which will include our local trainings. Okay, so that kicked off the um that kicked off last week and I cannot believe the number of people. Check us out on Facebook, keep calm and run to the best you page or like I said, friend me, right? Because you're going to see the massive amount of people that came out to those trainings on Tuesday and Thursday. And that this time of year is is dark now in New Jersey at 6 p.m. when we meet up. It's getting a little cold. And usually the size of this group that we have had last week would actually be the size of the group in March when, you know, people are starting to come out of the winter funk and start to come outside, start thinking about getting this into their summertime bodies. And so springtime, we usually have a nice turnout in the spring. But for us to have this type of turnout right now has been so amazing to see. And it, I can contribute it to several things. We're helping our current participants get results, real people, real results, and it's not, you know, costing them a car payment every single month, okay? And other people are watching them and checking out their journey. And some of the common themes that I hear is I saw, you know, we had Tina Ellis on talk about non-scale victories last week. And one of the newest members said, I joined this group because I've been watching Tina and she's been killing it. And I want that. And so the question is, do you want that for yourself? And it doesn't matter whether you live in New Jersey again. I'm going to say it one more time. Go to runtothebestyou.com and sign up to be either a bronze participant or an online 5K training uh, person in training because we got you. And I'm telling you, you're going to feel the love from no matter where you are in the world, in the state. Let's get it. Okay. And so that was our week that was. And so we're going to take a commercial break. And when I come back, we're going to bring in Dr. Greif. Let's go. Okay. Welcome back. As I told you guys, we're going to have an amazing guest on the podcast today. We are here live at Vintner Wellness to talk to Dr. Greif. But before we bring him on, I wanted to say something. As a runner, a person that's trying to lose weight, maybe you're a business owner, no matter who you are, you need a team. You need a team of support to help you achieve whatever goal it is that you're going for. And I found an amazing team. Um, I found a runner's paradise, as you will. 
to help a runner to continue to run. If you guys remember back in episode 17, it was entitled Do Nothing Foolish and How to Heal an Injury the Week of a Race. And the reason why I felt so confident about doing that episode is because I actually came to Ventnor Wellness here in New Jersey on the Jersey Shore. Uh, They have a physical therapist here, a hyperbaric oxygen chamber that I never got into before until that particular week. They have a massage therapist that I have not yet uh, tried out. But without further ado, let's bring on Dr. Greif himself so he can explain to you everything here. How are you today, doctor? Hi, Tajis. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So um, talk to me, like, did I describe this good enough? Yeah, you did a great job. Um, I like what you said about having a team. Um, that's exactly how we look at it here. Uh, you know, we, we've developed a program that is made up of many different practitioners who approach uh, wellness and healing and recovery from a different angle. What happens here that's different than other places is that we're all in the same location communicating with each other. So when we look at the patient and the condition from different angles, and share that angle with each other, we develop a whole new uh, perspective as a team that would not occur if we were individuals working out of different locations where a patient's getting separated uh, evaluations where the practitioners never communicate with each other. It's kind of like taking an egg and a bag of flour and a bag of sugar and some chocolate chips and calling it a cake. Wow. It's not a cake. You have to mix it all up in the proper ratios and give it the proper stimulation of heat. And then you get something that's significantly different and better than the individual components are by themselves. Nothing against chocolate chips, of course. (laughs) Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I came here uh, right before my Ocean City uh, half marathon. My knee was terribly inflamed. yeah, I saw your physical therapist probably like a week or two before the half marathon, and they they had a little bit of concerns, but getting into the hyperbaric oxygen chamber helped me out. You sending me for the X-ray and yes. you know your expertise in saying that it's just inflammation really gave me the seeds of belief that I can do it, and not only I did well. And so uh, uh, thank you for that. Um, how long have you been in this profession, and uh, what got you into this field in the first place? Uh, that's a long story. I'll try to keep it on the uh, shorter side. So basically, in 1996, I decided I wanted to be in the healthcare field, and I had my sights set on going to medical school. But um, I injured myself. I, I actually jammed my ankle really badly during a fall, and nothing ever helped me until I finally went to see my mother's chiropractor, mm. who was probably the best chiropractor I've ever met. And he assessed my situation. And after months of seeing regular doctors with no improvement, he gave me one singular adjustment of the talus bone in my ankle and I had immediate and and permanent relief. It blew my mind and I decided that I would uh, go to chiropractic school, actually. Okay. So I took my wife and kids and moved to Houston, Texas, um, enrolled in chiropractic school in 1997. Uh, and, and three months before I started chiropractic school, I went to massage therapy school there, worked my way through massage thera- uh, chiropractic school as a massage therapist, and finished chiropractic school in Houston, and then went to medical school after that for uh, 
continuing education, for lack of a better word. Uh, that was from 2000 to 2004. Then I went to residency in family medicine in uh, Woodbury, New Jersey. And in 2007, I became a board-certified uh, medical doctor in family medicine. So I've been practicing uh, in that field for almost 13 years now. That's awesome. And I did not know that. That's what I love about my the podcast is sometimes I don't really want to talk to my guest um, because I want to learn something for the first time, just like the listeners are. And um, one of those individuals that should be on your team as a person that's a runner is a chiropractor. And I was in a networking group with a, a chiropractor, my chiropractor that um, that I go to today. Perhaps I may get him on an episode one day. Um, I, his wife was in the uh, in the group, and one of the things that she always mentioned is that some people have you know weird feelings about a chiropractor. Oh, they they're crack them, rack them, crack them type of guys, right. and 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 they don't know what they're talking about. But but for my personal experience, after I ruptured my patella tendon. It was the chiropractor that said, you know, physical therapy at the time released me just because the insurance was done paying for it. Sure. I wasn't ready to be back doing anything, you know, so I started developing lower back issues. And he said that it wasn't your back. It's your knee that wasn't, you know, put back, you know, kind of reconstructed properly, not reconstructed. The surgery went well, but I did not really recover right because of being released from physical therapy early, sure. me not doing the things that I was taught. So he said, we're going to help you get your knee stretched back out. I'm going to make some adjustments and you're, you're good to go. That's great. Yeah. Chiropractic does have a mixed bag of uh, impressions in the community, which is unfortunate because it's uh, one of the more potent modalities to treat a person holistically. Now, what, now what's interesting is that, you know, we kind of went down that rabbit hole. But one of the things that I was bringing you on today is a couple of weeks ago, I asked uh, one of my mentors in the running community about their thoughts on intermittent fasting. And I was kind of surprised at their answer. And then when I came to see you, I asked you your thoughts and we, we delved into a nice discussion on how you view intermittent fasting, um, how um, you your overall take on weight loss in particular. And as I was setting up this podcast, as I asked you, like, what, what, what do you want to talk about? And you said something interesting. You said uh, health versus fitness versus wellness. Yes. And so we have a lot to get into. Mm-hmm. And so um, how about we start off with our discussion of the intermittent fasting first? Okay. Um, so I think intermittent fasting is not a singular term. I think people use the term differently to mean different things. And a lot of times uh, people are talking about intermittent fasting, they don't really have the same definition in mind. So whoever told you they didn't believe in intermittent fasting may not have been uh, thinking about what it was you were asking about. And so if you just look at the words, you know, fasting, what does it mean to fast? Well, it's pretty straightforward. Fasting just means uh, delaying or, or, or uh, avoiding, if you will, eating. I do not consider water in that, but everything else except for black coffee and water, ultimately, um, would count as, as a breaking of the fast. 
if it has even one calorie, for example. So extending periods of time between meals that are beyond the, I guess, social norm of three meals a day, or typically eating every four to six to eight hours would constitute a fast. And these are loose terms. The word fasting certainly doesn't have a strict definition. It can have religious implications. It can have medical implications. It can have um, uh, people fast overnight for blood work, etc. So I think in the terms of intermittent fasting, what most people usually mean is reducing the window of time per 24 hours that they will eat to typically eight hours or less per day. So you may eat from 12 noon to 8 p.m. and then not eat or take any calories in for 16 hours. Some people do 10-hour eating windows, 12-hour fasts. Other people may consider a 12-hour on, 12-hour off intermittent fasting. But I think at that point, you're probably not really uh, fasting. Yeah, the research kind of shows that to get the maximum benefits, you want to go anywhere over 12 hours would be the uh, ideal window. You I, know? Agree, I, I agree with that, but um, it, it, it depends on the person too because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you may not get the benefits of fasting if you don't fast 16 hours a day. Right, right. Uh, but yes, discovering that on an individualized basis is key. One, one of the things that... Uh, the person that was kind of knocking it was uh, he said that our ancestors died of starvation and you kind of dispelled that by saying what? Yeah, (laughs) I think our ancestors, I don't remember exactly what I said to you that day, but I will tell you that our ancestors died from infection and uh, poor sewage and no plumbing and no uh, antibiotics and public health issues like that are absolutely considered to be the reason why uh, populations didn't live beyond the age of 30 or 40 all the way up into, you know, about 100 years ago. I mean, the life expectancy just 200 years ago was only 30. And I don't think we're talking about cavemen when we say our ancestors, (laughs) although the the caveman diet and whatnot is based on on intermittent fasting, from what I understand, maybe not the the paleo, paleo diet. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think our ancestors died from starving in, yeah. in a way that's a fair to describe what we now use as intermittent fasting. Right. And we, we kind of talked about that, that particular day as you, I am, uh, in agree, agreement with you when it talks about when you said that each individual is different, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, well, that's the cornerstone of, of holistic care. Right. Because there's not a cookie cutter, one, one thing fits all, you know, maybe I'm good on a 20 hour fast with a four hour window, you know, yep. whereas someone else, you know, they, they, they're perfectly fine at 16, eight. Right. And so we kind of talked about that day when it comes to weight loss. And um, let's go into that for a second before we get into the, the health versus wellness versus uh, fitness. Right. Um, we talked about at one particular time during that discussion that we had in your office, you had said something like people that eat, you know, three meals a day, healthy snacks in between, all that stuff is, is putting people into hyperdrive, everything like that. And that's not the uh, recipe for weight loss. Uh, you kind of talked about, you kind of wish that people would sit down and have that one, that, that plate that had a, a variation of things. Do you remember that? I do remember that conversation. Um, 
I typically like to talk to people about weight loss um, in a who, what, when, where, why, and how model. Yes. Um, you know, there's what we eat. There's where we eat it. Mm. There's when we eat it, meaning what time of day. There's uh, how we eat it, um, both physically and mentally, how we eat it. Okay. And then there's why we overeat. Um, and, and so if you approach... Um, if you approach people from this perspective, it's, it's less overwhelming for them, I think, because they can focus on one aspect at a time of what's going on with them. So I find that the easiest thing for most people to start with is the when. When are you eating? What time of day do you take your first bite of food? Is it a cracker at 6 a.m. and a jujube at midnight? You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, in which case you're eating yeah, 16 hours a day or 20 yeah. hour, or 18 hours a day. Or do you eat your first bite at noon and, and, and stop at 6 p.m.? And, and so let, let, let me stop mm-hmm. you for a second. Sure. So, so many times um, we're not conscientious of that fact. And Correct. so you like to bring people's attention Absolutely. to... And, and, and that's, that's why some people will say that intermittent fasting is good or they will say like... Um, studies show that if you stop eating past a certain time, you'll lose weight. Well, no dub. Like, for example, if you're staying up watching Netflix at night and you're snacking during the, 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 the show and the, you, the show doesn't go off because you're watching Netflix, for example, you could be up till one or two o'clock sure. in the morning. But you may have woken up at six, had that cracker, like you said, yep. and a cup of coffee, got, got everything flowing. Yep. And now that, that's why it's so important to be mindful. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mindfulness or awareness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of what you're doing is the, the, the core concept around which everything that we're doing is, is constructed. Um, for example, when you're eating, there's a point at which you have eaten enough to stop being hungry, but you may continue to eat because it's entertainment in the form of gustatory pleasure, if you will. So... There's a point at which you ate enough to not feel hungry anymore, but you continue to eat because it's just too good to stop eating. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with eating for entertainment, but how many people really know when they've crossed that point during the meal? How, how many people are looking to say, okay, I've now eaten enough to no longer feel hungry or have any nutritional or caloric deficits, but I'm going to choose to continue to eat this food because I'm enjoying it. Again, nothing wrong with enjoying food for entertainment, but are people aware of when they've crossed that line? And so drawing attention to what time of day you're eating, how many hours a day you're eating, when in the meal did you switch from, from hunger to joy as your motivation for continuing to eat, just simply being aware is probably the lion's share of, of the changes that people need to make. Because once you're aware, once you're present and mindful of what's happening, you make changes with significantly less effort. You know what's interesting? Now, I'm not, not sure if you heard of this at all, but I'm sure as I spill this out, it will make a lot of sense to a person like yourself. Okay. Uh, popcorn at a movie theater. Mm. When a person buys large popcorn, whatever size popcorn, they eat, they eat more as the drama is taking place in the movie. 
they're sure. they're not mindful of it but that the 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 girls being chased by the sure. person sure. the the music ramps up and yeah. and a study showed that if you take a movie bag of popcorn to the to the park mm-hmm. where there's nothing but trees and you're not going to eat that popcorn it's crazy right i agree with you <laughs> we we actually do an exercise with people called the raisin exercise cuz if you think about most people when they eat raisins how do they eat them? They they literally shove them in their mouth a handful at a time and chew them down. But we ask people to eat one raisin and have it take one minute. Whoa. Yeah, one minute, one raisin. And you'll find, if you do it properly, you've never really tasted a raisin before. Because <laughs> there's a lot more to experiencing the raisin than just chewing it and swallowing it. And that's an exercise that we do with people. I agree with you that when people are... are, are their minds are somewhere other than on what they're doing food-wise. The amount of food they consume is drastically increased. So obviously, if we can bring our attention and mindfulness to when we're eating and start to, uh, you know, perhaps close that gap a little bit, uh, weight loss is going to be naturally coming for us, right? Yes. But now, what what is so? That's the win. That's the win. Well, Take me to the next one. Well, <clears throat> after. People get a, a grip or a handle on how many hours a day they're eating, which usually takes place over the first two weeks when we have them log simply when they start and when they stop eating. We find out what their average window is and then ask them to begin to reduce it. Once that track is, is being followed, uh, I like to then talk about how we're eating. Okay. Um, for example, how fast are we eating? Mm. Um, it does take 15, 20, 25 minutes for your brain to get the information about how much food you've eaten. So no matter how much you eat in the first 10 minutes, you're not going to feel full. Really? Yeah. 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 I mean, um, you could eat a whole pizza in 10 minutes and you're not going to feel full. But if you ate two slices over 30 minutes, you probably will feel more full, uh, just as full. So getting a, a, a pace that allows you to know when you're actually full um, is important. So slowing down how, much, how, how quickly we eat is important. I have people do two important exercises. One, I call it on-deck eating. On-deck from the baseball analogy of you're the, you know, the next batter, you're on-deck. So how many times have you seen, or even for yourself, been chewing uh, a bite of food while you're using the fork to prepare the next bite? Mm. Or you're literally sitting with the fork in the air with the next bite on it, looking at it, thinking about the next bite while you're chewing your current bite. Now you're hurrying to get to that next bite. So we we try to encourage people to have no on-deck eating. When there's food in your mouth, put the fork down, put down the hamburger, put down the piece of pizza, whatever it is, and stay present with the bite that you're on. No on-deck eating. And that's challenging for most people, especially if they're used to eating on the run or uh, used to eating in a time-constrained fashion in any other way. So no on-deck eating is a part of how. Another... Thing I like to challenge people to do. Well, before you go into that, sure, go ahead. Let's talk about that uh, that in a hurry eating mm. or um, you know 
to piggyback on what you're talking about, your brain doesn't recognize. So mm-hmm. as a runner, that's a big one. As a runner, I may run ten miles. Maybe it takes me an hour and a half on a slow day or whatever, and I barely burnt eleven hundred calories. Mm-hmm. I can go into a fast food restaurant, you know, which I try not to, but if I went into McDonald's, I can eat 1,100 calories in five minutes. Mm -hmm. And because of the food has addictive type of properties to it, I will go back to the counter and order some more food. And then maybe after that 30 minutes or 25 minutes is up, I'm like, gosh, I am so full now, right? But I could have been full off of the first, you you know, what you're saying is I could have been full off of the first meal that I had. I didn't have to go back and get that second one. Or less even. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, the amount of food that we need to feel full um, is much less than most people consume per meal because of how quickly they eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and if if we are like like you said, maybe on the run, um, some people don't even take the plate to the table sure. to sit down. They they're so busy and going to the next thing. You might even if you're home preparing your food, you're grazing before you even get to the the main meal that you're making. Sure. And then sometimes you, as you're cleaning up the mess, sometimes you're eating off that plate instead of going to sit down and eating it. Agreed. And so um, what, what's our next thing? Well, um, just to finish up on the how thing, mm-hmm. getting people to eat more slowly, which increases mindfulness and awareness and then ultimately reduces the quantity of food that you have to eat in order to feel satisfied. Um, no on deck eating, number one. Number two, Challenge yourself when you eat with other people initially to not be the first one finished. Oh, boy. Just don't be first. And then ultimately, if you pursue that track, you eventually hopefully can transcend into always being last. You've been watching me, bro? No, is that... No, is no, because uh, if I go out to eat and I, and I got my <laughs> wife kit, my wife and my son there, right? And Well, you have to play cleanup. So I, yeah, a, yeah, I'm the first one yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. And he, he don't look like he's finishing that sure, play. And I'm sure. spending XYZ money okay, on that. Yeah, you know, But then it becomes a... It almost, it's almost rude. You know what I mean? Like, it's a cycle. I, I'm asking my wife, I'm like, hey, you going to finish that? <laughs> and she's like, yo, give me a check here, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, yes, I'm calling my own self out okay, on well, that, most, you know? People, I don't know if it's a male or female thing, but um, I do do think that if you're mindful of being f- not first, yeah, and initially for beginning stages, work on non, uh, no on deck eating initially, and then secondarily work on uh, not being first. Yeah, and and um, do you have another one before I transition to that uh, health versus fitness versus wellness? Do you have another one? Well, we could go on and on, obviously, but I think for for beginners, you know, looking at when you're eating and how you're eating is a lot easier, a lot more effective than trying to figure out how to count calories, which is part yes. of what you're eating. Yes, uh, it's certainly a lot easier than looking at um, why you overeat, which means you know you're gonna be looking at some uh, deeper issues probably, and and most people don't want to face that initially. Uh, if, if need be, they will. But looking at when you're eating and, and integrating an intermittent fasting model is a great way to get started. And then slowing things down with uh, on deck avoiding and uh, not being first are two great ways to get started. And, and so you talked about uh, three bites of a piece of chocolate cake is all you need. Yes, you know, yes. The well, studies, as you say, show the diminishing returns set in very drastically. Chocolate cake actually was studied, and I think it was the fourth bite that is significantly declined from, from yes, the first three bites are good. 
Um, and then after that, the, the, the sense of fulfillment and satisfaction is dramatically reduced thereafter. Yeah. yeah. And so you're like chasing a high, chasing a high. Yeah. Now, I just reclaimed my other thought, too. I used to work for a nutrition company. And the products to help people lose weight mm. uh, cost almost a car payment a month. Sure. Okay. Um, by me, just put out there to our listeners, and maybe you didn't even know, um, my journey started when I ruptured my patella tendon. Mm. I was 217 pounds. I didn't know I got wow. up to 217 pounds. My wife was, uh, when I ruptured my patella tendon, uh, my son was two weeks old. Wow. So I, That's she, a tough one, yeah, she was gaining as she was gaining weight because she had a baby. I'm gaining weight eating mm. extra food and not running at the time and everything like that. So um, I, at some point, my wife decided she wanted to have gastric bypass surgery. She lost some weight, but wanted to lose more. So I started working with this nutrition company as a way to help her lose weight. And then at the time, I was 207 pounds, and um, but in 2018. I started to eliminate these processed foods out of my diet for 30 days. I started out with a 30-day uh, test on avoiding certain foods, and then I would reintroduce it back to see how my body would respond. And since that time, um, that's how I started in 2018 to transition away from selling nutritional products and focus on helping my clients achieve these results by eating real food. And then along that, shortly after that, and during that process, I started learning more about intermittent fasting. So I've been teaching our clients to uh, do the eating real food, choosing your window. And because of that, they've been running better. No doubt. The pain went away in their ankles or feet and things that caused them to stay away from the running group. Now that now we have them doing half marathons now. Jamie herself lost 60 pounds. Chris Ballard is 30 pounds. And I've been maintaining overall a 50-pound weight loss. And that is all without buying nutritional products and and doing what we've been talking about right now. That's amazing. And so um, we want to transition now to ask you, what did that mean, the health versus wellness I mean, yeah. versus fitness versus wellness. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite topics because I think people do use these terms interchangeably. Um, and I'll just say right out of the gate, it's certainly possible to be healthy without being fit. Certainly possible to be fit without being healthy. You can be well and not healthy. You can be well and not fit. Um, and And I think people really use these terms as synonyms, but they're really not in my opinion. First of all, let's just start off by saying that health and fitness, in my opinion, are objective measurements. So for example, your health is a function of what's your cholesterol, what's your weight, what's your blood pressure, um, what's your temperature, what's your heart rate, what's your respiratory rate, what's your oxygen level, what what does your blood work show, what are your... um, X-rays show anything that's objectively measured about your physical status falls under health. That's your health. Okay. That's health. You have good blood pressure, you're healthy. You have good cholesterol, you're healthy. Yes. You have uh, a normal BMI. Theoretically, you're healthy. However, you can have all of those things and not be able to do a single push-up or a single pull-up yeah. or even walk a mile. Um, 
those are also objective measurements. How many push-ups you can do, how many sit-ups you can do, how long can you hold your breath, uh, how, how well can you breathe at altitude, how many laps can you swim, how far can you run, how fast. All of those things are objective measurements and they're fitness related. Mm. Uh, so again, you can be significantly overweight and still run a marathon. Yes, yes, I see, I see you, it. That happens yeah. all the time. And so that person could easily be described as perhaps not healthy, but very fit. Um, you look at some of the Olympian powerlifters, for example, hard to not call them fit, but they're probably not healthy if you, if you were to investigate uh, the effect that, that the muscle mass and maybe even some of the legal supplements that they use even affect their kidney function, for example. So health and fitness are objective measurements that are considered transferable between patients and should be considered equal regardless of who's doing the measurements. So your blood pressure should be the same whether I'm taking it or you're taking it or a nurse is taking it or whoever's taking it. That's your blood pressure. So there's no inter-examiner variability in an objective measurement with regard to health or fitness. If somebody's counting how many push-ups you're doing, unless they're, you know, your best friend and they're helping you look good, uh, they're counting accurately and it doesn't matter who's counting. That's how many push-ups you can do. So, so... I differentiate health and, and fitness. Again, you can be healthy and not fit. I don't know if you recall Jim Fix. Do you remember Jim Fix? No. You know Jim? Well, you need to know who Jim Fix is. Okay. Uh, Jim Fix was literally the godfather of jogging. So Jim Fix was uh, an American guy in the 70s who wrote the first book on running called The Complete Book of Running. He was... Super famous. Maybe you're not old enough. I don't know. Okay, okay. Um, but I was just a kid when I heard my dad was a runner, and he always told me about Jim Fix. And he literally coined the term jogging. Um, he was on TV. He was, had a book. It was, he made running popular in the 70s. Um, of course, unfortunately, he dropped dead of a massive heart attack while running. Wow. At the very early age of uh, uh, 52 which is by any... Uh, that's young. That's young, especially yeah. for somebody who's fit. Wow. So Jim Fix was fit, no doubt. But he wasn't healthy. And so he's a good example of um, uh, the difference between fitness and health. He had a terrible atherosclerosis um, and died at age 52 of a massive heart attack. But, you know, he ran marathons. So you have to approach both of these things different. Um, Jim was also a uh, big smoker um, mm. until age 36, even though he quit. So perhaps he wasn't as healthy as he thought in that, from that regard. Then if you move into wellness, wellness is completely different than either health or fitness because it's not objective. It's subjective. Wellness has to do with how you would describe what it's like to be you. What is the quality of the experience that you are having. It's not something we can measure um, objectively, and it's completely different for every person. You can have a terminal illness, be unable to do any push-ups, therefore you're not healthy or fit, 
And of course, I use push-ups as a general example. My favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but this person who's uh, on their deathbed, unable to exercise in any way, shape, or form, could have an extremely intense relationship with their higher power, be surrounded by their family who loves them, have a, a conscience that's free of, 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 of problems, and can feel very well. Wellness is completely determined by the person themselves, and it's not something that you can measure externally. So most people think that they're after health. Many people think that fitness is the path to health. Um, but realistically, I think all, all, at the end of the day, most of us are really trying to feel well. Even if it's running a marathon, um, it doesn't feel physically good to run a marathon. I've never done it, but I imagine that the legs don't feel great in that 26th mile, um, <laughs> even if the endorphins are kicking, you probably still feel a lot of pain. Um, but the feeling that you get about the fact that you did this, yes. especially when it's completed, that, is, that feeling is wellness. Yeah. Um, and so here, where we are, we really focused on wellness. Um, you know, I always ask people, would you rather be 85 without pizza or 75 with pizza? <laughs> what do they say? Most people want the pizza <laughs> uh, because a long, painful, miserable life is no one's goal. Yeah. Um, and health will not get you well. Now, for some people, they can't feel well if they're not healthy. And for other people, they can't feel well if they're not fit. And one, th one thing that I, I like to say, though, is if we're going to live until we're 75, 80 years old, um, you know, what, the, the decisions that we make now, um, it's nothing wrong with having a, a slice of pizza. But if we're not mindful and we are continually eating a half a pie every Sunday during mm. football season mm. and we were eating buffalo wings and pounding down some beer, um, then when you turn 50, you may have to see a doctor and get all kinds of prescriptions for the next 20, 30 years. And we don't want to do that though, right? Well, that's a, you know, you well, might say, you might say, I want to live, you know, I'd rather have the, the slice of pizza and, and live until I'm 75 rather than 85. But wouldn't some of our choices, if we overindulge now without the mindfulness actually causes some pain? That That's very possible. I mean, I think you're right about being mindful about it. If you're, if you're um, driving down the road and you're not wearing your seatbelt, or, or driving and texting. Or driving and texting or taking risk, if you will. Yeah. Let's just lump it up under taking risk. If you're taking risks and you're not aware that you're taking that risk, it's quite a different feeling uh, than if you make a calculated risk and decide to take a risk, even if the risk doesn't go your way. Yeah. So <clears throat> asking people to make choices based on awareness is... More valuable, in my opinion, than asking them to make choices that are in alignment with your values. Yeah. You know, who am I to tell somebody that they shouldn't have as much pizza as they want? But if they want to eat as much pizza as they want, and they want to live as long as they possibly can, then those two things may or may not be compatible. So helping people to make decisions that, that are informed and lead to awareness creates that sense of wellness for people many people don't care how long they live yeah they really don't they really care about how well they live 
and want to live as well as they can for however long they can. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, uh, we talked about being present, mm. you know, and so um, understanding how your body responds to different foods, what, what's, what's causing you to uh, be, not be well today. You know, sometimes what mm-hmm. we put in our system can cause us to be depressed, Absolutely like not, too, not shortly true. after we take a couple of bites. Yep. You know, well, so there's no doubt that food is a major, if not possibly the major factor to consider and how well we feel. And it also goes directly toward health and directly toward wellness. It definitely, what you eat well, it's, is what you are. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And so it's no, it's, uh, we really appreciate you being on the podcast today, taking out your time on, on, this, on this busy day to be with us. Um, I, I believe that this is one of those episodes, I've been saying it over the last couple of weeks because we had a nurse on last week and we talked about the non-scale victories. Mm. And uh, I started that podcast off by saying, get your pen and paper out because we got a lot to go over. Um, but I also want to, since I didn't say that to lead us into this episode, uh, we just want to the listeners to know that you want to favorite this episode and go back to it because you brought us a lot of information on being mindful and, and different things like that. I also want to bring out something that stood out to me too, as far as uh, not having to calculate calories. Uh, when I work with the nutrition company, it, it takes so long to do that. However, um, what can we do with that extra time that we're not <laughs> using? I had a client that said that one thing that she's going to use this week to hold her accountable is you, you know, using my fitness pal. And I love my fitness pal when I used to do it. And again, I, I'm not saying that you have to do things my way, but when I gave her the, hey, you already know what you should be eating. <laughs> true. Um, you already know what you should be eating. And if you're going to calculate it, why don't you just calculate it in the beginning of the week and buy the stuff that you need so that you don't have to do it every single day. That's smart. Right. A lot of good strategy there. Um, so as we close this particular segment out, why don't you tell people how they can, can connect with you, Dr. Greg? Oh, thank you. First off, a place is called Ventner Wellness. You can go to VentnerWellness.com. You can certainly reach us uh by phone, 609-350-6680. And if you're interested in a tour, you can certainly swing by. We're at 6601 Ventnor Avenue, Suite 105 in Ventnor, New Jersey. Um, we do a multitude of services uh, here, which includes primary care medicine, pain management, addiction treatment, women's health, sports medicine, Weight management, intravenous vitamin therapy, bioidentical hormone therapy, health coaching, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, nutritional counseling, physical therapy, personal training, massage therapy, yoga training, tai chi training, Pilates, Reiki, and we do have a medical marijuana program for patients who are uh, qualified and interested in that as well. So we have a host of services to offer people. And uh, we look forward to meeting anybody who's interested. And so all those ingredients can make a real good chocolate chip cookie. Very good chocolate <laughs> chip cookie. Well because like you well said, said, everything's all in this one location. Um, before we let you go, give us one parting piece of advice and we'll say goodbye. <sighs> one, one piece of advice that I would give you, uh, and I'm not quoting it, but it comes from one of my favorite people. Uh, Bruce Lee, who basically said that if the cup is full, you can't fill it with anything else. 
And that Bruce Lee always recommended that you be the water in the cup, not the cup. The water can take the shape of any cup. And I'm not quoting him well, but if you look up uh, Bruce Lee's philosophy on being the water in the cup, I think you'll get my drift. Well, that is great. I'm going to look that up. I can hear him saying it right uh, now. Yeah. So I, it must be a YouTube video out there with him saying it. So I'm going, to, I'm going to look that up. Thank you so much again for your time. Hey, guys, the podcast is not over. I'm going to take a commercial break. And when we return, we are bring you to our Trail of Two Cities that happened on November 2nd. We're going to have the, the, uh, the expressions from our participants that before the race, and we're going to get their emotions after the race. So stay tuned. Hey guys, I want to take a moment to tell you about Thrive Market. It's an online service that will deliver straight to your door nutrition based on your dietary needs. So if you are keto, they have keto type snacks. If you like Whole30, they have Whole30 approved salad dressings and ketchups and things of that nature. Being that I try to keep my nutrition real, if I go to the supermarket and look for a salad dressing, it's going to have all sorts of ingredients that I can't pronounce as well as sugar, high fructose corn syrup, soy as the main ingredients. You can avoid that by making a salad dressing yourself. However, that can get a little boring. But Primal Kitchen, which is one of Thrive Market's foods, they have some of the most amazing, delicious salad dressings made with organic avocado oils and nice natural herbs and spices into these salad dressings. You can get Thousand Island salad dressing. What I love is the ketchup. The ketchup is so delicious. I actually take it out to restaurants with me because it doesn't have all that stuff that I mentioned, like the high fructose corn syrup and things like that. So if you're ready to take your health to the next level and you want good, wholesome snacks and dressings for your foods, order from Thrive. In the description, I will leave a link to Thrive and you'll get $25 off your first purchase. All right, guys, I am bringing everyone on this podcast into our inner circle. We're here live at the Trail of Two Cities, November 2nd, 2019. How y'all feeling? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? All right, so what we do in this huddle is we, like, kind of reflect. Who remembers back in August when we started training for this thing, huh? Huh? Right, right? We used to visualize this day, and now the day has come. And just like any other time, we like to start off or end our our groups with a motivational quote. And this is what I found as early as this morning. It says, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. It knows it must outrun the fastest lion or be killed. Every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up and knows it must run faster than the slowest gazelle or it will starve. It doesn't matter whether you're the lion or the gazelle. When it come, when the sun comes up, you better be running. How y'all feel about that? That's joint serious. That's joint serious. So we got Holly here. Hey, hey, Holly, this is your first 5K with our group. How do you feel? Uh, excited and nervous. She's excited and nervous, but do, do she got this, guys? You got it. <laughs> we got. We got our walkers here. Marie, how you doing? Good, good, it, good. It's frigid out here this morning, but you got up early anyway, and you came on out. How you feeling? Good. We're ready to go. Let's go. And go. we got Sonia Muhammad. She's back in the fold. And how you feel to be walking this bridge? I feel great. That's right. Woo! That's right. Yeah. And we got we got first-time member here. We got uh, Norm. How you feeling, Norm? 
I'm ready. Let's do this. Hey, you didn't. You had no idea. You had no idea what was involved. You just drove over here this morning, and then you got a glimpse of what the bridge looked like. I mean, so you got this, though, right? We got it. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's. Do Yo, it. we we got we got our our pros over here. Hello. We got Jamie. How you doing, Jamie? I'm good. I'm what what, what, I'm are you, ready. what are you expecting out of this run this morning? Uh, I'm trying to beat a time. We'll see what happens today. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. That's right. Make it happen. Well, we got Chris Ballard. How you doing? Hey. And what, <laughs> what, what, what you, this is your fourth time doing the bridge? Yes, it is. You ready for it? I'm ready. This, one, this is going to be the fastest one. Yeah, piece of, of cake. Piece Let's of get cake. it. Let's get it. We got we got Sherry. She's doing her first time with us. How you feeling, Sherry? I'm nervous. Nervous? Yeah. Let, let those nerves. Yeah. Hey, guys, when it comes to being nervous at these 5Ks, right, try to make sure that first mile is, it, like, don't let the nerves get to you and let the adrenaline push you too hard in that first mile, okay? Because it will burn you out. Y'all see the height of that bridge. We need to be able to conserve energy for that last mile, okay? Let, let's, next up, we got our, our Lisa Gallagher. Lisa, what are you expecting out of today's race? I'm just getting ready to get over that bridge, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have uh, next we got Jen, okay? Jen uh, Burke here. And uh, Jen, for the longest time, you know, um, you kind of dreaded training sometimes. But uh, of late, you've really been coming up and you've really been showing out. Uh, how do you feel about what's going to happen today? I feel ready. Got to do it up. You, you, you really, yeah. Give it up to her, guys. Give it up to her. And next, next we got Lisa Keating. I mean, this person came to us in March. Can barely run a minute. She always doubted herself, but I never doubted for a minute. From the time she showed up, I said she got a runner's body. There's no way she should be doubting herself. But now she's she has done a a, a 10k, and now she's out here about to tackle this bridge. How you feel? I feel fantastic. I actually love running the bridge. I'm ready. Let's give it up to you guys. You don't hear that too often. Hey, we got Matt Ayers over here, right? He he uh, just joined the group. His wife's been in for a while now. He's recovering from uh, rupture patella tendon, just like Coach here. How do you feel to be getting out here, Matt? Feel good. Ready to go. You ready to go? You actually played basketball the other day. Um, pe people, after having an injury, sometimes they just sit on the couch, don't do anything. But w what is making you continue to move on? Just to be active and uh, live a healthy, uh, healthy lifestyle. Yo, give it up to Matt, guys. Yeah! Yo, but we saved, we saved the best for last. <laughs> I got it. We, we got to give her so much love. This is a mother that comes out with her with her kid in a stroller. And I'm not just talking about any kid. We're talking about Mia. Yeah! Mia, right? Give it up to Mia. She's six years old. She's going to be directing mom as she <laughs> gets over that bridge. I mean, I'm talking about this is not just a regular 5K, guys. This is not just running a mom running with a stroller on a flat surface. This is a mom that's going to be going over two gigantic bridges. Meredith, how are you doing it? Just push and go. Push and go. That's it. Don't think about it. Just get over the hills. You, you, you know, Meredith, a lot. some of these people out here that's in this circle are out here because of you, like your cousins and, and things like that. How do you feel to be motivating people? Oh, I love motivating people. I think anybody can do anything. Just put your mind to it and just go. Right, Holly? <laughs> do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, everybody, 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 come into the circle, guys. Come on, put your hand in the circle. I got it this time. It, it's no, it's no, uh, here we go. Here we go. On three, keep calm. One, two, three, keep calm. Woo! We'll catch up with y'all at the end of the race. Let's go. Hey, guys, we were able to uh, knock out this Trail of Two Cities run. And the first person I'm able to catch up with is Meredith Hamlet. We talk about her all the time on a, on different podcasts. Uh, people label her as the bully of the group. And uh, Meredith, how do you feel getting out here today? Take us through this experience. 
Oh, it was a great morning. A little nippy for everybody, but we did a nice warm-up with the group, and everybody just put their head down and made a choice to get over those two bridges and did a wonderful job this morning. I'm proud of everybody that came out today. Meredith, we can't speak enough about how you show up with this stroller. Um, you know, did you get any comments as people were, like, you know, passing you or you were passing them? Nobody likes to get passed by a stroller. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, your cousin said that she wanted you to beat the guy with the triple strollers. And guess who got beat by the guy with the triple stroller? Me. <laughs> I did see him on the sidewalk, so that was a smart move on his part because he had no traffic. I hit some traffic coming up and down the bridges, but we just put our head down and just rolled down those bridges. Marielle had her iPad doing her thing, and I just kept on running. I would love to have you on the podcast in a future episode to really break what? down um, the aspect of mothers and not having excuses, but... Speak to me on how you feel about, you know, getting that label as the bully. Why, why do they call you the bully? I just try to motivate everybody to come out and do their best. And, you know, you, you decide to do something. And you just got to make a plan and stick to it and just believe that you can do it every time. Everybody can run a half marathon. Just how bad do you want to run a half marathon? Um, I'm really proud of the people that came out to run the half marathon because um, they didn't think they could do it. Yeah. And I'm just a big believer. If you think you can do it, you definitely can do it. And so is that... Is that like your final piece of advice for anybody that's out there thinking about getting started their journey today? Absolutely. All you need to do is come see Coach, and he'll put the right steps in place and get you through it. Mia, can you say hi to him? Say hi to everybody. Hi. Yeah, that's Mia right there, guys. Maybe we'll catch up to you later. Thanks, Mary. All right, thanks. Have a great day. Let's go. I'm here with three dynamic ladies right now. This bridge had, uh, you know, put us through the ringer over the last 12 weeks um, as we're training for this thing. Uh, sometimes the inclines kind of get you. The inclines, the downside of the bridge, we might have to go to the chiropractor, get adjusted. You know what I mean? Right, ladies? Right, right? And so, but I'm standing here with uh, Jen Burke. I'm going to start with her. You look really good down the stretch. Take me through it. How did you feel? Great. Um, I tried to reserve my energy in the first mile, like you tell us. And I think I did good with that. And so I had extra energy at the end. And I just kept saying to myself the whole time, I got this. Yeah. And you were using a run, walk, run strategy. And, um, yes. you know, did you did you feel any different? Like because you didn't run the whole the whole way, did, did, it, did it feel like, you know, you were a loser because of that? Or did you feel no. like you, that was a good strategy for you? Right. And I felt like I had a plan and um, the walk breaks were, were really important. And then what I did also and Holly, too, we walked up the incline and then ran through the intervals on the down side of it so that helped so you had a game plan great job give it up to her guys yeah yeah jen she was looking real good down the stretch now we're going to go to holly this is her first time going to trailer two cities and uh holly how did that feel i remember in week one two and three you were always worried about i don't want to hold anybody up and i would tell them i would tell you it's not about everybody else this is about you and this is what this program is designed for this is designed for holly and and so, Holly, how do you feel now that the 12 weeks has passed and you just did this bridge? I feel good. I feel it's a great sense of accomplishment from week one through three. Absolutely. Yep. Yes, the run, walk, run, work. Doing the intervals definitely helps. And like Jen said, you know, we had a plan going in where we'd walk the inclines and then just take the downside as far as we could take it and then go back into the intervals. You was one of those individuals that used to compare yourself to what you did before. And I used to try to tell you to be present, stay in the now. Pain comes from thinking about the past and stressing about the future. 
And I said, you made a decision to get out here right here, right now. And this is what it's about, this moment right here. And it all came to fruition right now. And once again, how do you feel about that? It's like, again, a great sense of accomplishment. I'm happy that I did it. I'm so excited. Nice. Give it, give it up to her, guys. Give it up to her. Yeah. And, and, right, and right now, we, we, we're able to catch up with Jamie. And let me tell you something about Jamie, right? Jen can attest to this. Um, I believe it was like three years ago when we took a picture. The kickoff meeting was here on a Sunday, and Jamie came out for the first time, right? She don't look the way she looks right now. <laughs> and so one of the things that Jamie always wanted to do was get her fastest 5K. She wanted to get under 30 minutes. She's been posting the sub 30-minute club, and today you did it on the Zagwon Bridge. How do you feel about it? And you were you were you were one of those ones that um, you were saying, listen, the bridge is too much for me right now. I can't come to practice on the bridge every single week. And it's important to listen to our bodies. You may go to the gym and you might have you might be up in age, not that Jamie is, you might be up in age and um, a young personal trainer is pushing you. So many times they can push you to injury. And so I like to listen to my people and make sure that I'm going to try to encourage you to get out of here, but if you need to listen to your body. And you were one such ones that took control of your own ship. You're the captain of your own running ship, no matter what the program is. And I feel as though that it was so smart because you were able to get out here and do this thing today. Yeah. Um, earlier on in training, I noticed every time I ran the bridge, something else would be out, my hip or um, started bothering me. So I came out here to the bridge a few times, which I think helped. Um, but I took my training mostly to the bike path. And so you're down. You're down. You mind telling the audience how much you're down right now compared to where you were uh, three years ago? Oh, uh, when I started, well, I'll just say it. I was about 220 pounds, and now I'm about 160. Give it up to so, our guys. Awesome. <laughs> right, right. So what, what what do you got to say to any individuals out there that is thinking about taking this one? Just start it. I mean, it's the best, the best time you'll ever have. It's absolutely worth it. You meet so many great people, and you just work on yourself and have fun doing it. Great job, ladies. I'll catch you all later. Thank you. Hey, guys. Finally, I'm able to catch up with our walkers of the program. And a lot of times people see the the logo run to the best you and think that is not for them but in order to be able to start running at all you need to be able to walk and some people may not ever want to run and so i have two amazing ladies right now that i'm in front of and i just wanted to get their take on what it was like to get up super dark it was super cold <laughs> they stayed in bed but they're laughing right now marie gary why don't you take it away how did you feel getting out here today I have to say it was tough getting started, but once I got going, it was great. The bridge was awesome. We had great walking partners. That's right. Um, so I'm excited that I did it, and I'm happy that I beat the beast over there. All right. That, that, yes. Good. Yes. Give it up to her, guys. Give it up to her. Can I get some noise over here? Yes. 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 And, and I, I want to say, and I want to say, how do you feel that uh, your your son-in-law was out today? Yeah. Um, you know, you have your daughter Katie in the group. So what does that mean for you? It's all about family. I'm very family-oriented. So the fact that, um, you know, Matt ran and I walked, but they were here waiting for me when I got done, and the group was here waiting for me when I got done, and that means so much to me. It wow. absolutely does. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And now now we're here with Sonia Mohammed. Sonia, how, how can you take us back to maybe when you reached out to Coach and said, I'm inspired to run uh, 
uh, half marathon. I may not be able to run, but I can short enough walk it. Take, take me through what made you uh, come to that conclusion, and now you're out here today. Well, for a long time, I was super, super depressed because I really couldn't run the way I used to anymore. But, hey, I still got two feet, and as long as I can put them on the ground and keep them moving, I can walk. And with Marie's help today, she kept me at a good pace. We were able to complete the race in under 53 minutes, so I'm happy. It's always good when you have company. Absolutely. That, that's, so, that's so awesome, and I, I thank you so much for that mindset. And in February, um, maybe about two years ago, I was running for your daughter. Yes. who can't run. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, you got two feet mm -hmm. and you're able to do something, Yep. you know? And so uh, we appreciate you, Sonia. And uh, I appreciate y'all. <laughs> why don't you help us wrap up this podcast with like one piece of advice for the listeners? I would say you got to start somewhere. And sometimes if it's hard to do it by yourself, reach out. There's plenty of people more than willing to help you get started. And this group is one of the best groups around. So come on and join us. I'm getting ready to sign up again. And Hopefully, you'll inspire all of us to get out here and do our personal best always. So, thanks. Thank you so much for uh, listening to this week's episode. Uh, you can head to runtothebestyou.com. You can sign up to our local training, but we also have an amazing online community that we've helped Danielle Celesi run her first marathon in Chicago. And uh, so, don't feel as though that you have to be in New Jersey to be a part of the crew. Remember, the best way to predict the future is to create it. So, create an amazing one, my friends. Thank you. Thank you. That's our time for today. Thanks for listening to the Running Intermittent Fasting and Weight Loss Podcast. I am your host, Tadrice Parker. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can receive notifications when new episodes are available. Please share this with your family and friends on your favorite social media platforms. If you would like to become a supporter of our show by becoming a Patreon, to make a contribution, please visit patreon.com slash coach All Patreons will be mentioned in future episodes. So shout out to Ed Brown, our first Patreon. Visit runtothebestyou.com to grab our free nutritional guide, sign up to one of our seven-day challenges, or to sign up to one of our online training programs for you to be ready for any 5k half marathon marathon it doesn't matter remember the best way to predict the future is to create it so create an amazing one my friends have a great week <laughs>